0: the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, Nila is going for Sunday school. God is good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Today, we, by the grace of God, we will continue on our series, Finishing Well. Praise God. And I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you will finish well. You will finish well. God bless you. You are amazing people. Praise God. And God has got something special for you. Amen. I mean, yours is coming. Amen. Yours is coming. Yours is coming. Maybe you don't have anything special in your mind. But God has got something special on his mind for you. And I said your unbelief cannot stop God's miracle in your life. Amen. So just be expectant. Amen. Be expectant to receive from the Lord. Every day you wake up, God, where is my special thing? Amen. And you'll be amazed... It's not just one, but his blessings are manifold. Layers upon layers. When you think you have experienced one layer, he reveals another layer. Amen. When you think that you you have enough, he gives you more. That is the God that we serve. If you don't believe it, check your life. Amen. Amen. That God gives over and above than you can deal with. Amen. He's a faithful God. His blessings are manifold. Layers upon layers. You see how when you peel onion, it's kind of engulfed and and it goes like that, you know. You peel one layer, there's another layer. You peel and there's another. You peel there's another. If you cut it symmetrically, there are layers upon layers in it. And you look right now into your life, you see that your life is made up of the layers of the blessings of God. That is how I know that you finish well. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I see you finish well. It doesn't matter where you are in the spectrum of life. Hallelujah. Bible says that he is the beginning and the end. And I said three weeks ago, in the beginning, we all make mistakes. It is all right to make mistakes at the beginning, but at the end, you cannot afford to make a mistake. Amen. So it doesn't matter where you are in the spectrum of life right now, but you will finish well. Although your beginning is small, your latter days shall greatly increase. The person who was written off, and don't also forget about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the stones the builders rejected became the chief cornerstone. So your beginning is not that significant, but your end. Because your beginning and the in-between are all subjects to change. How many of you have seen a change in your beginning? You started heading one direction and there was a change. And that change was good. It brought you progress and development and as you were on it, there was another change. So in the beginning and the in-between, there's been changes in your life. Some has brought you good. Some has brought you joy. Some has brought you sorrow and sadness. Some had not been so good. But I've come to encourage somebody that you shall end well. It is not about how you run. It is not about how you start. But it is how you finish. And I believe the Lord sent me here to tell you and to encourage you. Here is perspective of the spectrum of life, in the race of life. I don't know, maybe you are at the bottom, at the race of life. But I've come to encourage you, you will finish well. Hallelujah. You will finish well. Hallelujah. So once you've got a breath of God in you, it is not over. And I see you finish well. Amen. We said last three weeks that anybody can start But not everybody can finish. Many of us are very good starters. But we are not good finishers. Are you with me today? Many of us can start. I mean, we can start businesses. We can start all sorts of things. I mean, we are blessed with the gift to start. But we haven't got the, the finishing grace. And I pray throughout this service that grace will come upon you. That he who has begun a good work in you will bring you to a successful finish. Praise God. It is not finishing what to be will be, but it is finishing strong. Somebody say, finish strong. Say, I see you finish strong. And it is finishing well. Somebody say, finish well. Sometimes we do things, we finish it haphazardly. Amen. We just end it haphazardly. But you see, I always use this example in the spectrum of life. You see, in a 10 story building, amen, there are elevators, lifts, There are steps, and there are also windows. Praise God. And there are three ways you can come from the 10th floor to the ground floor. How many? How many ways? Who can tell me one of the ways you can get from the 10th floor to the ground floor? Stairs. Elevator. Good. You guys are so intelligent. But each of these three ways have consequences. The person who comes from the elevator to the ground floor, they finish. The person who climbed the stairs from the 10th floor to the ground floor also finish. The person who also jumped from the 10th floor to the ground floor also finish. But how is the finishing? He will land on the ground floor the same. He might not be alive. Or even if he's alive, he cannot stand on his feet. Praise God. He might not be able to do the things that he used to do. But the person who comes from the elevator will just come smart and easy. No sweat. No hassle. No panting. No catching of breath. Just walk to the front of an elevator, push a button. The elevator comes up to the 10th floor, push a button, and it goes down. You, you, you come out, and it's like you haven't been anywhere. The person who was on the 10th floor, on the stairs to the ground floor, might get down sweating. Praise God. Tired and maybe panting. Maybe they might need... A bit of oxygen. But all of these scenarios had a finish. But which of these finish would you want to have? Of course, I would want to come by the elevator if the elevator is working. So in the spectrum of life, it is not like if I get there, I get there. How do you get there? Amen. How do you get there? There is a getting there that is haphazard. And there is a getting there that is perfect. Without labor and without struggle. And I believe that is where God wants us to be. God does not want us to finish anyhow. Amen. He wants us to finish well. And he wants us to finish in the best possible way. Last week, we touched on the book of Hebrews, chapter number 12, reading from verse number 1. Hebrews admonishes us, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight, we have touched on the burdens and joke and anxiety, depression in the service this morning. So we lay all of this, Bible calls it unnecessary. We don't need to carry those burdens because we have a burden carrier. We have someone who has volunteered and offered himself to carry our burdens. All we have to do is to lay the burdens at his feet. Somebody say, lay your burdens at his feet and keep it there. Many a time we come to church, the worship is good, we lay our burdens. When we are going out of church, we take it back with us. That same spirit of heaviness and, and difficult situations, circumstances, just yes, we can't take ourselves off it. But we come, we celebrate, you are so wonderful, you are so good, you are so powerful. And yet we go thinking that he cannot handle my situation. My situation is so big. But yet we have said that you are so powerful. You are so wonderful. So what is this so wonderful that he cannot do in your life? Beloved, he said... Unnecessary weight and the sins which so easily and cleverly entangles us. Let us run with endurance. Praise God. And active persistence, the race that is set before us. Amen. We've got to run with endurance. And in the journey of life, it is not about sprinting. Amen. It is not about sprinting, but it is about endurance. How far can you go? And how far can you endure? And how desperate do you want to finish? And how well do you want your finishing to be? Amen. Amen. Sometimes you go to a shop and you see a product and it attracts your eyes. But by the time you begin to look at the thing, you realize that the finishing is no good. You don't want to buy it. You won't won't pay money for that. But you you see the same product, seamless, no fault. You can't fault it. See that this has passed quality tests. You pay your money for it. Why? Because it is well done. And I see you finish well. I see you finish well. In the name of Jesus. He said, let us run the race. And I said last week that, I mean, we said that life is not raised by inadvertently. We are racing against time. Sometimes, unconsciously, we are even racing against ourselves. Sometimes it's good. It's called healthy competition. I see Kweku doing something great. It motivates me to be like him, to do something like him. It is healthy competition. I mean, I want to do what he's doing, but in a healthy manner. I want to do well. I see him succeeding. I see him excelling. I see him doing well. I want to be like him. Some parents see Martin and some of the guys The way they are well trained and well brought, the way they are serving God, and they want their children to be like that. It's a good thing. So they don't want their children to end up like any other children. They want their children to be like Martin. Why? Because he's serving the Lord, he's loving the Lord, and God is blessing him. They want that. It is a healthy competition. That you see your neighbor doing something good and it encourages you to also do good and be your best. Verse number two says that looking away from that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus. Who is the author and perfecter of faith? The first incentive of our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity. Who for the joy, and last week we touched on this, praise God. Who for the joy, and today this is where I'm going to begin my message from for today, praise God. Bible says we have to come off. The unnecessary weight, we load ourselves. The sins that so easily and cleverly entangles us. We need to come aside and lay off this heavy burdens. This sins becomes a, a heavy weight. Praise God. Once we set our eyes on Christ, we will not be derailed. Somebody say, I will not be derailed. In the spectrum of life, in life journey, in the life of, in a destiny journey, in our upward mobility, there are so many things that are aimed. The enemy brings our path to derail us that we will not finish well. As a matter of fact, there's somebody somewhere praying that you will not finish well. You have no idea the number of people who have prayed that bread of life will not survive. You will be amazed. But they did not author our lives. Neither did they omega our lives. Because they did not alpha and omega us. they cannot and will not be able to bring to pass their desires concerning you. You have no idea people who are contending that you will not do well that your marriage will not survive, that your marriage will not prosper, that your children will not do well, that your business will not flourish. Why? Because they know that once you become successful, once you finish well, you will help humanity. So, and because they have not been able to do that, they don't want you also to achieve. But the devil is a liar. I see you finish well. So Bible says, let us set aside all these heavy burdens And let us focus. Once you set your eyes on the author and the finisher, you cannot be derailed. Remember Peter? So long as he set his eyes on Christ, he was walking on water. The moment he took his eyes off him, he was going underground. So once you keep your eyes, so Hebrew is admonishing us and encouraging us to keep our eyes focusing our eyes the eyes so easily deceive us amen one thing that deceives us most is our eyes amen so the eyes bible says the things one of the things he hit is uh, haughty eyes amen so the eyes can be very very deceptive so i say let us then keep these eyes away from all this and then reposition. Somebody say, reposition your focus. In life, we've got to keep our focus on Christ. We've got to keep our eyes on Christ. We've got to follow after Christ. He said that we have to keep our focus on Jesus. Who is the perfecter? So, although our beginning might not be so good, but he, if our focus is on him, he is faithful to perfect us. I said, so long as we keep our eyes on him, he is faithful to perfect us. Turn to your neighbor and say, I see the Lord perfecting your life. Amen. That is what he does. He is the perfecter of faith. And if our eyes on him, then he will perfect us. Who for the joy, and I want to hit on this very verse. Who for the joy of accomplishing the goal, who for the joy, for the excitement, for the success for finishing well of the goal that was set before him. What did they do? He Set before him, endure the cross. Now, cross symbolizes shame. The cross signifies shame. To, to carry a cross, now Christ has turned it into a celebration. That everybody wants to wear a cross on their neck. Amen. I mean, now it's become a fashion. But it wasn't so. Then it was Shameful. To see you with a cross is shameful. In fact, it was a curse to even hang on a tree. But because Christ went on it, everything he does becomes a celebrity. Everything he does becomes invoked. Everything he does is turned around. So the shame becomes glory. Poverty becomes prosperity. Sickness becomes... Anything he put his hand to becomes blessed. Amen. So Bible says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured. and what does Hebrew say? He said that, let us run the race that is set for us with endurance. So you can't say that, I just did this today and I've given up. No, no, no. Where is your endurance? Where is your endurance? And how are you working on your endurance? you see Jesus will remove himself and go to the quiet place and pray to the Father he was working on his endurance he realized that his his physical strength will not enable him will not allow him to carry the cross so he needed to work run his race with endurance and one of the way to to work on his endurance, was in constant communication with the Father. So most often he will remove himself from the crowd and go and say, this is too heavy for me. Can we do something about this? But nevertheless, not as I want it to be, but as you will. And the Father says, my grace is sufficient for you. The same grace that is sufficient for him is the same grace that is sufficient for you and for me. So whatever race we are running, whatever that is set ahead of us, in our endurance, his grace, as we endure to finish, his grace will be sufficient for our finishing well in the name of Jesus. So the Bible says he endured their cross the shame that was attached to the cross disregarding the shame it's there and sat at the right hand of the throne of god revealing his deity his authority and the completion of his work so he did not allow the shame and the frustrations to take him off focus. And now we have read from the first three weeks ago in Matthew chapter number 25. Praise God. So the Bible says that forgetting, despising and disregarding the shame of the cross, he persevered to the completion of his work. In other words, he did not just finish anyhow, but he finished to the best of his ability. And how could he finish, and, or how did he finish to the best of his ability? I said last week that we will start from Matthew chapter number 4. And if you've gone through your Bible a little bit, you know that Matthew chapter number 4 deals with the temptation of Jesus. Praise God. So I'll pick it up from verse number 1. Then Jesus was led By the Holy Spirit, not by his own accord, praise God. He did not walk himself into temptation like many of us do. Amen. We just carry ourselves. We see danger there and we we carry ourselves into it. But Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Because there is a goal that is set before him that God has to prepare him and prove him that nothing can take away his focus. Because Bible says, for the joy that was set, he has seen the glory before the shame. Amen. So he did not allow the shame to mar the glory. Amen. So it said, uh, for the things that I have seen, I'm going to endure this shame. For after the shame, there will be glory. How many of you, after your hard challenges, after your pain, after your difficult situations, glory has come forth? How many of you have realized that the, the time you did very well in life was the time you were highly frustrated? Amen. That the, the very thing that you have succeeded well in doing was at a time everybody was against you. The act of the pressure, something good came out of you. So Jesus had seen the glory. So he said, I'm not gonna let the pain, for this pain is temporal. Somebody say temporal. If you are here today and you are experiencing any hardship, any difficulties, any uncertainty about life, it is temporal. For Bible says that he did not focus on the shame, but he knew that this shame shall pass away. So why should I? Concentrate on the temporal thing and forgo the permanent thing. The Bible says that he sat at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity. Now, he's not the same man who was walking in the flesh like me and you, carrying cross, I mean, unworthy people, laying strokes of lashes on his back. Now, he's seated at the right hand of God. In fact, he's seated on the throne. Amen. Revealing his deity. How powerful, how mighty, how glorious, how divine and supernatural he is. But many of us allow the shame of today to mar our glory. But it shall not be so with you. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. I said, it shall not be so with you in the mighty name of Jesus. So, the Bible says that he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the Lord. Realize that there is a joy that is set before him. So, he's not going to be derailed by the present circumstances, by the temporal situations that, break, that comes to threaten his permanent throne. Amen. But the joy that was set before him, he ran his race with endurance that he will complete the work or the goal that is set before him. How many of us here today have goals in your life? You have certain goals in your life that you want to achieve, whether you have given time to it, whether you have given years to it, or whether you believe God, whenever it happens, it happens. Beloved, you know, you, we've got to, go to set our eyes on God. Amen. No matter if you're a student, whatever you do, a nurse, a support worker, a, an accountant, a, a doctor, I mean, whatever you do, you've got to put Christ at the forefront. Amen. When Christ is the center of your life, the enemy will try to Perfect you, but they will never win. Bible says in Psalm 34, those who look to the Lord, their faces radiate and are never covered with shame. How can a radiant face be covered with shame? And sometimes I say all the time, sometimes it's like, shame is just right on your next door. At your door front, knocking. By the time you open the door... It's glory that awaits you. I say, said, "Your face will never be covered with shame. Amen. Amen. Those who look at God, those who fear God." Amen. So the Bible says that in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, after he had gone without food for forty days and forty nights, why well, he was seeking. Power from the Father. He was seeking and spending time with the Father in prayer and in fasting. You realize that some of the challenges that we we face as believers will not just disappear, except by prayer and fasting. And even Jesus fasted. So who are we not to fast? If Jesus, who did not need to fast? If he fasted. Who are we? So for 40 days and 49, and the devil will always strike in your weakness. Amen. The devil will always strike in your weakness. How many of us say, oh, this is my weakness, this is my weakness? And you see that that's where your most temptation comes from. The very things you say you are weak, that's where the enemy will always pass through to torment you and to buffet you. So, Bible say, obviously, 40 days he has not eaten, naturally he will be hungry. But spiritually, he is a bulldozer. Amen. He is a bulldozer. Uh, you, You might look at him, man, nourish, but don't tempt me. So, the Bible says that if you are the son of man, and the tempter came and said unto him, if you are the son of God, command these stones, To become bread. What is the devil focusing? To derail the son of man from his assignment. That he will not finish well. Or he will finish anyhow. That he will not fulfill the purpose and the design of his life. Many of us, there is a design to our life. We were not just born in like this. We just did not come to the United Kingdom like this. Now that we just sit in this church like this. There is a design why we are here on earth. Have you asked yourself, when some people used to do certain things with, you don't find them anymore and you are still here. It's not because you are smart or you are better or you are more careful, but because there is a design to your life. And have you found the designer who made you? Amen. Have you found what he made you for? But the enemy will come in your weakness and to deter you or derail you from your design. So many of us are living a life of a copy. We have left our design and we are following copies. So the devil wants Jesus to leave his design, his purpose, his goal. but Bible say that for the joy that was set before him. So for the, for the goal, the joy that was set before him, he ran his race, he endured and disregarded the shame of the cross. Bible said there was a goal that was set for him. because there was a goal set for him, there was an assignment, there was an end result for his life. Son, I'm sending you into the world of sinful men and women and of treacherous beings, but this is what I want you to do. This is the beginning, but the end is in focus. In the end, you'll come back and you'll sit at my right-hand side and you'll be making intercession for your brothers and sisters on the earthly realm, and you'll be revealing your deity. Then he set him up from the beginning. Realize that he is the beginning and the end. Amen. So he has shown him the end and he set him down from the beginning. Amen. So now the enemy's purpose, his assignment is to derail you from your design. So long as you don't fit your design, he's happy. So long as you don't become the person you are ordained or purposed to become, he has achieved his aim. You go to church, but don't be involved so much. Just go to church. Don't even, just go. Nobody will see that you, do, you are unbeliever. Just go among them. Don't wait for them to even finish. Just go 20 minutes, just sneak out and go. Amen. Don't do your best. Don't give your best. Amen. But so long as he doesn't get you to prayer, to pray in the Holy Ghost, to fast, to read the word, to worship and to praise, he's fine. The devil doesn't fear a Christian who doesn't pray. Amen. A Christian who doesn't, a prayerless Christian, in fact, you are the friend of the devil. Amen. He doesn't fear you. He is moving with you all the time. He is detecting your life. Amen. He doesn't fear you. So you go to church. In fact, you accompany you to church. Because he knows that you are just doing it. Because there is no power in you. There is no fire in you. There is no presence on you. So he wants to derail him before he accomplishes design. Before he accomplishes purpose. Say, if you are the son of God, command these stones become bread. But Jesus replied, it is written and forever remains written. So he's not going to alter that which has been written. Amen. Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So even though physically he has not eaten, spiritually, the word of God has filled him up. Amen. That he doesn't need bread, natural bread to fill him up. So the devil failed. The devil did not know that man must not live by bread alone. He didn't know that scripture. you would not have asked him to turn that bread, stones to bread. Praise God. So he, he failed in that. But he continued. I just brought in this. As I was preparing this, the Lord said, I mean, start with my son first. Jesus, he set a good example. And if he finish well, my children will also finish well. Amen. So the enemy is doing his best for you not to finish well. But God is also doing His best for you to finish well. And if God be on your side, who can be against you? Are you receiving something for today? Are you receiving something for today? So the temptation continues. You know that I'm not gonna draw there. Praise God for the gravity of time. I'm not gonna draw there. He continues. Now I want you to come to with me to Matthew chapter number sixteen. Hallelujah. Looking, Bible say who Christ Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him, he disregarded the shame of the cross. Amen. He disregarded all this was to Take him away from the cross in order not for him to finish well. But he was able to overcome all of the temptations the devil brought his path. As a matter of fact, in verse number 10 of Matthew chapter number 4, then Jesus said to him, go away, Satan, for it is written forever. And forever remains written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now, who are you serving? And who are you worshiping? Chapter number 16, Matthew verse number 21. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples clearly that he must go to Jerusalem and do what? And endure. You see? And endure. Again, that word, endure. So you cannot finish well without endurance. Amen. Endurance only matures you. It grows you. It prepares you for where you are going. So I said that he must go to Jerusalem and endure many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and scribes, Sanhedrin, Jewish high court, and be killed and be raised from death to life on the third day. So now, he's telling the disciples, His design. This is who I am made for. This is the purpose of my life. This is why I came on earth. I must endure all these things and as if it is not enough, after enduring this, I will be killed. I will die, in other words. And not only that, the grave cannot hold me permanently. But in three days, I will come back to life again. My Bible says, verse number 22, Peter took him aside. I like Peter. I preached on Peter some time ago, very long time ago. And I love Peter. Why? Because he's always asking questions. He's always daring. He's always trying things. Lord, if it be you, bid me to come. And among the twelve, he's the only one who jumped out of the boat and walked on water, whereas the others stood quiet. But I see Peter go to Jesus. He calls him aside. He pulls him aside. And what does he tell him? To speak to him privately. So he takes him from the crowd, from the rest of the disciples, and he talks to him privately. And he began to reprimand him, saying, May God forbid... May God do what forbid. How can God forbid that which he has ordained? How can God take you away from the assignment he has created you for? So Peter rebuked Jesus. Can you imagine? He's rebuking his Lord. His master. Stop talking like that. Stop saying that. May God forbid, this will never happen to you, and yet you, the first person to deny. Lord, I love you. I will go wherever you go. Jesus looked at you and said, "You, Peter, before the call crow, you have denied me three times." No, 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 Lord. God forbid. You know how they say, "The for God forbid." There is a way they do. God forbid. <laughs> God forbid it will not happen to you. What did Jesus say to him? Realize that Peter is a disciple. Praise God. What did he say? Verse number 23. Is it on the screen? Yeah, let's read that together. Jesus' response. One, two, three, Go. Do you understand when I said, if they kill you, they will kill us? He's thinking of himself. And Jesus knew that. What did Jesus say to him? Say, get behind me, Satan. But he was referring to who? Peter. And he was one of his trusted disciples. In fact, one of the beloved. Praise God. But he referred to him as Satan. Why? Because at that time... Satan had entered him. Satan had not come to tempt Jesus, but he had entered into Peter to derail him from his assignment. What did Peter say? He said that, God forbid, this will never happen to you. But it must happen to him for the glory be revealed in him. How can you be taken out from that which you are born to do. Many of us share our dreams with our friends. The very thing, the passion that you have, the things you feel that you are created to do, and you tell your friends, and they talk you out of it. You tell her, you can't do this, Nobody of your color has been able to be successful in this area. Why don't you go and look for a job? Why don't you go and look for some cleaning job and just clean somewhere and be free? Jesus said, get DB. Why? Because he was taking him off his assignment. Many of us, things we wanted to do, That we thought that this is what my spirit, my passion for this. We shared it with friends. And they took us off. Because they want us to become like them. But you will not become who they say you are. Amen. Hallelujah. I see you finish well. So Jesus kept his focus. He was not derailed by what people said about him. He kept... His eyes on the father. And he finished well. Bible says in Hebrews, he despised the shame. For Peter, it was shameful to die the death of the cross. So he said that it will never happen to you. But inadvertently, he was preventing him from fulfilling his assignment from finishing well. What if he did all those miracles? He opened the blind eyes. He, he, he set the captives free. Um, he healed the sick. He raised the dead. And yet he could not complete his assignment. He would have done some work, but he wouldn't have finished well. But he despised the shame and the setbacks and the ridicule of men. And you went all the way. And I see you go all the way. In the mighty name of Jesus, I see you go all the way. I see you go the way. I see you go the way the grace to finish well is coming upon you in the mighty name of Jesus. God said to me, son, if Jesus finish well, my sons and daughters will finish well. He set an example and beloved, it it is doable. Bible says he endured. Maybe some of us, what we need is endurance. We must endure. We must train ourselves to endure. The journey might be rough, beloved. It's not going to be very smooth. In fact, for Jesus, it wasn't a smooth journey for him, even though he was God himself he had a rough journey hallelujah so we will not have it easy there are people who- who reject you. There are people who castigate against you. In fact, your very best friends, the people you have supported, the people you have loved, the people in fact you have placed them. People, men and women, you show them the way. They will, they will castigate against you. It can be very painful. It can be hurting. It can be very sad. But beloved, there is a goal that is set ahead of you. There is a destination for your life and you cannot al- allow those people oh Maya Kata! if they walk out of your life they are not needful to your life kappa you didn't get that i said if they walked out of your life they are not needful to your life in the mighty name of jesus will you set your eyes on jesus will you set your eyes on christ the altar and perfecter maybe life is challenging to you. Maybe life is becoming difficult for you but what does the Bible say? He is the perfecter. May the Lord perfect your life. I said may the Lord perfect your life. I said may the Lord perfect your life. It doesn't matter how bitter life is to you right now. May the perfecter of your faith perfect your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, that that appeared to be finished haphazardly. Today may the grace the anointing to finish well and to finish strong come upon you and rest upon you in the mighty name of jesus if you believe it shout amen, amen. i see the lord perfect your life wherever you are right now it is subject to change we have got to develop endurance and maybe what this service will do for you is for you to endure, maybe endure the pain, maybe endure that which appear to be shame right now, maybe endure that which appear to be beneath you right now, as the Lord sets you up to accomplish your goal in the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. and to set you up to finish well in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Did you do receive something for today? Why don't you put your hands together and bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen.